Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Wondering how they can help you? Here are just a few ideas. They use ingenuity and imagination to create awareness of progress and opportunity within your community. They help residents and visitors find local shopping, dining, and service businesses. They make residents and stakeholders aware of challenges that affect them and their community, while encouraging them to get help or get involved. They can also work to help attract new small businesses while helping micro-entrepreneurs learn how this small but mighty woman-owned and operated marketing agency can help your community. They use tried and true methods that will connect your organization to your residents using social, digital, and traditional media. Curious? Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. We thank Cathode Ray for their support of the Econ Dev Show. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Kathleen McQuaid Holdridge and Jessica Packard. Kathleen, you may recognize her name because she is one of our sponsors, or she is the the sponsor of the Econ Dev Show podcast through Cathode Ray Media, Inc. Uh, Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate being here. So why don't you introduce uh, Jessica to us since it was your idea to bring her on board? Sure. So um, being that we're going to talk about Gen Z today, I thought that I would bring Jessica Packard. She is a consultant of Cathode Ray Media. She's also my daughter, so she's been a lifelong consultant. But in this case, she was actually a paid consultant. Um, And so she has done a lot of research for me, a lot of intel, and helped me understand how to reach the Gen Z audience because there's a lot of stuff that's very different from Gen X. So I'm Gen X, Jessica is Gen Z, and there's a tremendous number of differences on how each generation interacts with social media. Um, I've like done a good couple of like research projects of interviewing a bunch of my friends as well. So I've taken a bunch of different input from many different Gen Zers to get more of a diverse, you know, um, and generalized opinion and points of view. Excellent. Well, I'm really glad to have you because like Kathleen, I'm a, a Gen Xer and I, all three of my children are Gen Zers and I don't understand their humor. I don't understand the things they show me from TikTok or um, Instagram. They, they show me something and they just think it is the funniest thing ever and I don't understand it at all. And I thought, you know, I grew up not with the internet. I, I, I was an early adopter and I, I felt like I was the guy who knew how the internet worked and, and all of the memes and all of that. But now that my children are older, they're all late teens, early 20s, I don't understand anything. So I'm really excited to have you both on today to talk about this very important topic, marketing to Gen Zers. So um, Kathleen, you were asked to do a presentation on marketing to Gen Zers, and you brought Jessica on board to, to help with that. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about that? 
Sure. So we were asked by NIATEF to create this presentation. They had a bunch of workforce development agency people there, and they wanted to tap into the Gen Z audience. A lot of people find social media very mysterious, so they're not sure how to reach them. So what we did was we went through all the different forms, and Gen Z is a really big audience. So you may not realize it's from ages 10 to 24. So that's a wide scope. Um, an internet connection, you can't really reach people under 13 or you're not supposed to. So we really think of it from the ages of 13 and up. So even 13 to 24 is a really wide age range. And we basically determined that there's two different specific ways to reach them um, depending on the, the age of Gen Z. So what we did was we kind of went through all the platforms and we talked about the different types of messaging and then how you as an organization can connect to Gen Z and think about it from that perspective. Like, what do you want to do and why do you want to reach out to Gen Z? So then you can then talk to the Gen Z audience in a way that they would. Let's break that up and take that sort of as two parts. Um, first, what platforms um, do, does Gen Z use? Obviously, we're not going to find them on Facebook. We've all figured that much out, but where are they? Yeah, so there's a couple main platforms. Um, TikTok is a big one. Um, that's where we go out and meet a lot of new people. That's our way of like connecting with new people. Then there's Instagram, which is a little bit more like our general community. So we're already in our community, um, but it's still a little like broad. Um, and then there's Snapchat, which is a very personalized group of people. There's also Twitter. Um, which is kind of like a side group, um, kind of a, in the variation of um, TikTok. And then there's YouTube, um, which is very like specified content um, where they're looking for more in-depth stuff. And that's where they're like going for in-depth knowledge. Um, so they go to different services for different kinds of information. Okay, so TikTok is the sort of general go-to place just in for broad Am I understanding that correctly for just broad sort of stuff? Yeah. So it's it's where they're going for to meet new people, you know, because TikTok kind of became a thing when we were in quarantine, you know. So we were stuck in our house and didn't have any way of connecting with other people. And so that is how we met new people, how we, you know, had, you know, like funny content from like the class clown or like funny, con like all that different, like more personal content or day to day rants. Um, this is where we can connect with just random people from anywhere, any place, with any opinion or idea, um, and meet new people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Instagram, mm -hmm. it, you said more like your community. How, how, do you, how does that work? Yeah. Like how so, does that play out? Um, there are certain variations. So some people, people who don't really have TikTok, they will like have... Um, kind of variation of like connecting with outside community, like using the explore page and reels, but mainly like Instagram is where you're following people. Instagram is where you're bringing people into your community and you have more like interactions, like monthly interactions. Um, and like they're inside of your circle, like, you know, their name, you know, their content, you're like supporting them. Um, and that's the people that you're like, oh, I already know they're really cool. You know, these are the people that are like having a post next to my friend post, friend's posts. 
Um, and that's like um, something you'll see a lot is Gen Zers will kind of like platform jump based off of like their connection with them. So like if you find someone on TikTok, like you meet a new person on TikTok that you like, they'll like follow them on Instagram to have them be a little bit more personal, um, which is interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then Snapchat, you said is sort of the same? Snapchat is a lot more personal. So Snapchat is like your everyday interaction with friends. So that's like, because it started off as a platform where you can connect with like, you have, um, there's like that like secrecy. There's not that like sense of someone else like seeing your texts. And like, it was where we were kind of all afraid of technology of like, can everyone see our like conversations? And so it's a very personal place. You know, this is where we open up with our best friend. This is where we have rants with our best friends, um, where we see the everyday people in our lives, like in our close knit communities. Um, we don't really follow that many like um, people, but there are like some subscribe subscription pages that we will. Um, there is like even a spotlights page on Snapchat that I don't know anyone who actually uses. I've even had a friend say that, like, if they accidentally scroll over, they'll, like, get afraid. They'll, like, jump and be like, ah, I didn't mean to do that. Um, and some people didn't even know about it because it's, like, there's that, like, randomness of, like, different people coming. It's like if someone just, like, came into your room, you know, you're like, sure. that's odd. Why are you here? Um, instead of, like, going out somewhere and, like, connecting with people and being like, I'm opening myself up to meet new people. Okay. So far, this is making sense. And then uh, Twitter and YouTube. You mentioned those two. Yeah. So YouTube is a bit more um, kind of specific. It's where a lot of... So you'll kind of see, like, variations in what people um, have, like, their interests for. So if someone is, like... There's a difference between like hobbies and like life, like knowledge for future. A lot of times, like TikTok is more kind of like hobby and like fun stuff, and they're like outside of work routine. Versus um, YouTube and Instagram is a little bit more like their future, like work stuff. Um, and YouTube, you'll find like you'll have some like hobby stuff of like people will just like watch people like create a building for because it's satisfying but um mm -hmm. there's more so a sense of like you want like a specific information about if you're going into education oh i need to learn about this specific thing for this class let me watch a 40 minute youtube video about this or let me learn how to do this on youtube and there's i've there's also like uh like in recommendations for youtube like they'll different platforms have different like recommended videos the like in youtube it's very like accurate the only problem is a lot of people in my age like youtube was a big thing when they were 13 and then they stepped away from it and they're going back to it for knowledge but the recommended videos are still from when they're 13 and so there's that like oh right. that's a big difference and that's where we kind of talk about the difference in gen z ages because there's a big difference between a 13 year old a 16 year old and an 18 year old like huge difference um but the content is really specific. It's very, like, targeted very well. They just have to put the effort in. Like, kids will put that, like, Gen Z putting your effort into um, searching your interests into YouTube and that it'll, like, slowly kind of go back to their interests. Um, and they right. will be really targeted. Interesting. And then how about Twitter? Twitter, 
Um, I did a little bit less information on because it is a little bit of an older audience, but it's still kind of fun. It still is that like banter that's it's a little bit more TikTok like, um, which is interesting when I've understood um, because there's that kind of like open conversation that goes on. Um, okay. And so it's it's more of an open community versus like personalized. Sure. Okay. So what percentage of time do you think that, you know, say the well, obviously there's, there's a wide variety of Gen Zers, but which one do they spend the most time on? Do they spend, you know, just taking say TikTok and then Instagram and Snapchat and then YouTube, which of, you know, where do they spend the most time? Where's the, where's the bulk of the effort? Um, a lot, like I'll have a lot. I have a good couple of friends who will spend 17 hours a week on TikTok. Like, oh my so yeah, they're spending so a lot nice. of time on TikTok, which is amazing, right? And then they're and also TikToks are short, right? TikToks yeah. are are very short. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like but they clips. just scroll and scroll and scroll. It's wild. So this is the the sort of the when Kathleen and I were younger, we would watch television this way, right? We we would turn on the TV and it would you know just be on for hours. And if we would watch whatever was on, or maybe we'd have it on MTV for hours, and it would sort of scroll by and and you know play different music videos and and whatnot. So, is that sort of the same sort of way that they use TikTok? I I believe so. Yeah. I mean, so we. Okay. Thing, I think what's fascinating is when I was asking people like, what brought you onto a platform? Like when they first stepped into it, TikTok was their way of like escaping from the world. Like it was their oh. way of relaxing and stepping out sure. from like their personal day to day, but that's how they ended up connecting with the community, and that's what was really interesting because they're they're like sitting in their bed, relaxing, just kind of letting their brain just like mush, and putting like their like just watching these day to day interactions, and they'll find comfort in personal stories or like honestly kind of dumb weird humor that nobody really understands, but it's funny and fast um that's where they kind of have those little outlets of connection while being in the room and like relaxing um and so they can have that connection with people and it's very personalized um and that's something that's fascinating is like connecting in a way that's a lot more personal like if you're just like if you think about you and your close friends as like kids, like lay, like sitting on the floor with like your feet up in the air, like that's where you had the like deepest conversations. That's kind of what mm-hmm. you're doing when you're going on TikTok is you're like laying in your bed with your feet up in the air, just scrolling through these other people. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then, so then do they comment on mm-hmm. TikTok or how, how does that work? Yeah. Or you just, you know, I've only seen it that you just sort of, you know, slide by. Yeah. But what? Yeah. Um, How does that work? There is a good amount of interaction with TikTok. Um, there's liking, commenting is pretty big. Um, I think what's the most fascinating is there's not a huge amount of following on TikTok. It's more of like there is following, but it's like once there's like two connections, then they'll follow, but they don't actually like interact with their followed content. It's their meet. That's where they're meeting new people. Um, and that's where they're scrolling through and commenting and interacting with people in the comments and liking that photo, like that video, if they think it's interesting, because then it'll come back like that genre of thing will come back on their feed and they'll meet new people in that genre. Interesting. So, um, we're talking about marketing, uh, do brands market to you via TikTok, and how does that work? 
Yeah. So um, I think the interesting thing is Gen Z doesn't like the obvious marketing. We like right. the person to person. So when you're marketing on in TikTok, you're creating a profile and it's like so like as if anyone else is creating a profile. There are ads. Mom can go into that a little bit more. Um, yeah. So with each platform, there is advertising. Um, but from through the TikTok perspective, what you would want to do as an organization or as a business, but in your case, it would be a government organization or a nonprofit, you would create mm -hmm. a profile and then you would determine you want to be your authentic self. So you want to figure out, like, why is it that you want to reach Gen Z? What is the message that you're looking to get to that? So if you are, for instance, looking at it as, all right, well, we want people to come to my area to get a job. So why should they go to your area to get a job there? What types of jobs do you have? Um, you know, like, what is it that your goal is? And then create content that is being yourself. Like, you don't want to be something else that you're not. You don't want to pander to the audience. Um, mm -hmm. There's this great um, TikTok that Jessica um, showed me where it's David Attenborough, who is has to be like 80 or something years old by right. now, right? Um, he goes through and he talks about his life experience and then goes into the environmental impacts of what's happening today, just in a very personal way. And then interspersed with his video talking, it's different scenes of environmental scenery of like garbage here and then, you know, different, you know, those that explain that can go along with his narrative. Mm -hmm. So he's literally like telling a story from the heart that talks about why the environment is so important and why you should take care of it. Mm -hmm. So he's again, an 80 year old guy who's talking to a younger audience, but it connects with them because he's being himself. He's talking about his experiences. He's sure. just talking about life and how he feels about this particular issue. And that's the type of content on TikTok that would probably resonate or does resonate um, right. because you're just telling a story and you're giving advice and you're being you, which is different than say, like a newscaster who's behind a desk and very formal and giving a speech and not talking person to person. Exactly. And so I if think you're kind of putting content out on TikTok and then um, then you supplement it with advertising on Instagram as well as having a profile on Instagram, what you would do is you would hit them in two different places. So say you're doing that job thing. You want, want certain certain type of career people to relocate to your area. Okay. So then okay. you can have a job that says, you know, um, you know, these positions are available on Instagram, they may have seen your content and have a feeling for the type of area you are on TikTok. And then they'd be like, you know what, actually, I am interested in moving to that area. So they would click on that to get more information. So it's a combination of created content and advertising. It kind of blends okay. together, but it's all from one authentic message. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this stems a bit from like 
we grew up in a world where everything was at our fingertips, you know? So what makes you different from everyone else? You know, there's what, what's so special about you? And I think what you need to do is connect with the people who you want to work with or who you want to advertise and like come to and make sure that, because this is when I was asking people, what makes you follow someone? The first thing was that there's someone who looks like me someone who can understand what I've gone through, someone who has a inter has that personal connection, someone who I can be like, yeah, I get you. I've gone through that or I've experienced that or I'm nervous about this climate thing that's happening because how is that going to impact my kids? Like we're going to be around for a lot longer and our kids are going to be around for a lot longer. You know, think about like this, like terror and certain things of that. And like mom was talking about, or Kathleen was talking about um, core core videos, which are very emotional, like videos that, you know, will just kind of randomly come up and everyone's like, whew, you know, and we're not looking for it, but it's really impactful. And that's what's fascinating is like anyone can make that. So we like any, absolutely anyone, no matter how many followers you have, followers you have and it's, it's that sense of like, connecting with random people um because we don't like we don't like being talked to um as if we don't know anything you know we don't like having that person like behind the suit like in a suit with like a bravado of like this is what you need to know this is what you need to like you don't know this you don't know that like we have it on our fingertips you know we can just google it you know we can just right we've been told these things like stop telling us these things and making us feel like we don't know anything because we're going through it instead sit there and connect with us and that's how we'll connect with you because if you're marketing in a sense of being like you know this is because when you connect with someone it's kind of like we are like you this is what we're doing for your community for the people who you care about, for the people that you connect with. And then it makes the person, it makes us feel like we want to do something for you instead of being like, you want us because we do this. You want us because you want that. Like, do we really, do we really like, okay, what are you giving us? Instead of automatically going, this is how we're supporting you. And we would love you to join us in that mission. So this brings up a whole number of issues. Number one, um, so TikTok is purely awareness. It's not going to drive. Nobody goes straight from TikTok and clicks on a link and goes somewhere and does something. It's that, very am I rare. Understanding that right? Very rare. It's okay. Rare. That's what I we thought. So then, it happens, but it's not like that. Wouldn't be your metric. So if you're thinking of return on investment or metric, mm -hmm. um, clicking on your TikTok is not the metric. But getting eyeballs. Okay. On it. Getting eyeballs. Yeah. So that's purely awareness. Yeah. So then later, because everybody uses all these different services, they're on Instagram and they see something related or somehow, you know, connected. That's a place where they might click on something and do an action, purchase a product, visit a website, whatever it is. If it's an advertisement on Instagram, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's Instagram okay. is a little bit funny like that where you have to pay to play to get the clip. Right, Jessica? Yeah. That's what's fascinating about TikTok, like Instagram is almost all of my friends have bought something from Instagram. Almost all, right. at least okay. one thing. 
and they'll do that through ads like they buy things through ads there versus TikTok it's personal profiles and like sometimes you'll buy stuff from small artists but like that's usually you're looking out through their Instagram and seeing the ads and buying stuff from the ads because they are really targeted they're very connected they're a part of your community it's like you're kind of walking into a local store and you're like oh I like them um that kind of stuff. Meta really knows how to target people. So when mm -hmm. you're putting your information in for ads, Meta will definitely get your ad to the right person because that's how they make money. Right. That's how they make their money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. And the one so thing to good. realize with TikTok, I know there's a lot of talk about how um, it's going to get banned or all these different things. So even though we're talking about TikTok now, say if TikTok for some reason does get banned, there will be some other you know, platform that kind of rises up to the top. So for instance, Instagram has reels now because mm -hmm. TikTok got very popular with all their videos. So if for some reason TikTok does actually get banned, there will be another platform that rises to the top. So a lot of what we're talking about as far as awareness could then just shift to that other platform. Would just shift. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd ask one of my children that almost that exact same question, like what happens when TikTok goes away? And they said, uh, Instagram reels or YouTube shorts or something else will take that place. Exactly. And, and because that's such a, 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 such an important part of this, of the Gen Z experience, I guess. So that's useful to know. So then if, since you use all these different platforms in different ways, I would imagine that you don't, that advertising on Snapchat, for instance, doesn't have the same, doesn't work or doesn't work anywhere like it does on Instagram because people are there for their private personal communications. Is that Correct. Well, with Snapchat, true? you can do advertising. And even though you may not, the, your intended audience may not click or swipe up or you know take the action, Gen Z retains information like nobody's business. So you and I may see like a two second ad and wouldn't remember it, but Gen Z will definitely remember a two two to three seconds, 30 second thing, and they have amazing retention. So Snapchat could be similar. Um, you would use that similarly to get awareness and you would you can pay for that advertising. Um, it's very easy to target the right audience. The main concern with Snapchat is if you, you wanna set any maximum budget because they will max out your budget. Like- Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you do, if you do any advertising on Snapchat, just make sure to maximize your budget or you might be in for a surprise. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pay attention to those settings. Yeah. And I feel like just to kind of back up what Kathleen said, um, I mean, if you look at like we are there, a lot of my friends are are watching 17 hours of TikTok a week. Right. And they'll remember like someone will show them a video that they've seen three months ago and be like, oh, I've already seen that. And it's two seconds. And imagine how many like two second or two minute clips they're going through in those 17 hours for like months. And they're we're still retaining like, oh, I've already watched that. Like it's, I've already, I've, I've seen it already. Like, and that happens all the time. And you're like, whoa, that's quite crazy. Uh, okay, so that's it. Yeah, and that, that's interesting. That's kind of mind blowing in the sense that I, I can see that for my, my own children that they're like that but showing you know we we used to think you had to show somebody an ad you know multiple multiple times so i guess 
are we saying that you need lots of little pieces of content so that it's always something new? Is that what works? So it's kind of interesting in that you want, you don't want to create too much content because then it floods their feed. So okay. before viewer be like, oh my God, I have to do something like every day, three times a day and make sure I post and make sure that I'm, I'm around, right? That was like the thought, especially on Facebook. And sure, then especially right. because Facebook dialed back the ability for you to really get any visibility unless you pay. Correct. Right. When Facebook started, you, you, everybody had fantastic reach. Yeah. You were a, a brand or something on Facebook. You could just post it to your page and it, everybody would see it. And now you have to pay. Yeah. Right. Okay. They tweak the algorithm. Um, so now it's more about making sure that your content is of, you know, authentic and true to your message. And then the pace of it can be what you want it to be. So you don't have to feel like you have to post three times a day or create, you know, a bunch of little videos and post them constantly. Um, Jessica, what was your recommended, if you were thinking, like how often did, did you say that people should really be posting? Yeah, well, so it depends on the, the platform. So with TikTok, because what makes someone follow, um, like the second thing that makes someone follow is first that they can connect with you and then they can, like, un, like you're showing someone or an idea that they connect with. The second thing is that they see you a second or third time. Um, and that's like, we have amazing retention. Like we will remember and we'll be like, oh, we've seen them again. Oh, there's someone who like seems to have a similar idea as we do. And then that's the thing that'll make us follow. And so the interesting thing about TikTok is like once we follow, we don't have like continuing information and we don't unfollow often. So the one thing that makes us unfollow or the two things, the two things that make us unfollow is one, you say something that's really against our morals or like just not great. Or you change your messaging or you post all the time like and you take up our feed 24 seven. And that's a huge thing on Instagram because if you're posting every single day, I really don't need to see that. Like, okay, you're cool, but you're really not that cool. Like I wanna see my best friend's birthday post. Like I'm trying to right. get that cause that's where my friends are as well, you know? And so if we're following 700 people and you're posting every day, we're probably gonna unfollow you because you're posting every single day. And that takes up our space and that takes up a lot of, it's like if you get like, a, like an email all the time from companies, you're like, Sure. I have to scroll through all of this. Like, I don't need that information. And it's kind of that same thought process of like, I really love you, but you're taking up so much time. Like, is that really that valuable? And even if it is, it's still like pick and choose. And I mean, once a week is a good bit. I personally, like you can also look into your interaction levels because they will change. Like personally, for me, my like regular posts, I'll look into this. I have about two to three months because I'm a personal page. And I would check like variations of time and like see if you get more likes based off of like, oh, I've waited two weeks or I'm doing one week and that, that gets more likes than my two week breaks. Um, and you can even look at that as you're posting and kind of like bounce around a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, I think that, uh, I think this just, this little nugget is, is worth this entire conversation. You know, because 
I just assumed that you just wanted to, you know, put your message out there as much as possible all of the time, multiple times a day. And I could see how this would, would be a turnoff. Yeah, it isn't. Isn't it fascinating? Because it's totally different than what we've been into from like the Facebook and Twitter. Right. The older right. speed or the old school networks are all about be visible, be, be visible, be visible. And then this is like the counterbalance of that. It's more about have a really good small bits of messaging that are thoughtful and connect with people rather than just keep putting stuff out. Yeah. So, so interesting. Um, Jessica, you mentioned email. Yeah. Do Gen Zers use email? Is that even a thing? You know, how often do you check your email? I mean, it depends on school. Like for school, I'll check it a lot. Um, and that's with like connecting to like professors. Um, besides yeah. that, that's not really like we have the same. We have, we're not like, especially if you're not in school, you're not going to be checking your email every day. I don't wake up and check my email. I'm checking my text messages um, or my Instagram or I'm scrolling through that um, versus looking at my email, um, which I think is kind of like a, a bit of a break. Like we don't, we don't have that like constant interaction. And especially with working with high school students, like they're not going to be looking at it all the time. You know, like I'm even really bad with checking my email. Like I'll reply every day and a half, um, which I need to work on. Um, and I think that's hap that happens to a lot of Gen Zers is because there is a bit of a like kind of professionalism in that. That's a little scary to us because it's like, now I have to craft this messaging, you know, and now I have to write like they did. And how does that work? Um, which is still kind of in there a little bit um, versus just kind of like doing a quick little message. Which is where like commenting and liking and um, very, very selectively DMing individuals on Instagram. So for instance, uh -huh. if you are an organization and you post on Instagram and someone like comments, or if someone wears like your your t-shirt somewhere and then tags you, mm -hmm. commenting and liking and kind of talking with Gen Z at that point is totally acceptable. So Jessica, can you share yeah. your story about seek discomfort? Yeah, so Kathleen brings up a great point. So I have, I'm a huge, I am like, I connect with businesses a lot over Instagram. I have like, um, my I post, um, small businesses that I really like on my story and then I'll put them in a highlights like little folder. So when people click on my page, I can see that and I'll tag them. And I am like so honored when they even like post me back or repost me on their story. Cause it's like, Oh, like that's so fun. It's like, they, it's like if you wave at someone when you're walking by them and they don't wave back and you're like, was awkward but if they wave back and it's someone who you really want to connect with then you're like oh I'm so cool um and so it's kind of a similar like it's kind of has that same thing and so I have this company that I really love this clothing company called Seek Discomfort and I was really close to them and I actually tagged them on like a full post which is like a lot of commitment that a lot of people won't give you but if they do you got to honor that because that's really amazing and so they commented on my post and other people can see that like other people see that they commented and I was like that is bragging rights for years 
And it was such a cool thing because I was like, this is amazing. Like this company that's like really popular just commented on my post and is interacting with me, even though they have really no idea who, who I am. But they made that small little, like it was literally just a heart eyes emoji. That was it. That, that, had, that takes half a second. But it, right. it made my year. And I will never not talk about it because I think it's like the coolest thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, they saw me. Um, and I had that interaction. And there was one time when I DM'd them because I was getting a lot of compliments on my clothing in a specific, like, because I manage a ski shop or I managed a ski shop. And a lot of people mm. loved that idea. And I was like, hey, possible clothing idea. Maybe work in the ski realm. Of course, they weren't going to do that. But a fun little idea. And they DM'd me. It was like totally, obviously, they weren't going to use it. But that little like response was so like sweet. And I was like, that was like the sweetest thing. Like they just took the time and they had someone to put the effort into responding to me. And I'm always going to keep continue buying their stuff because that is that like interaction. I'm always like all excited and like marketing them for them because it's that con connection where like we want to support those people. You know, we want to support people who support us and are like, oh, thank you so much and give that response back. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me ask this. Have any of your friends had similar experiences with the same, you know, with the same company? Or are you the only one of your friend group that you've ever told this story to that, you know, had this experience? Um, I haven't had people in my friend group who um, have been with the same company or like have posted the same company. Um, but I've generally had like, like if you look on their comments, they will like be responding to people and like have good interaction rates and like are really talkative, which makes uh -huh. me feel like a lot more comfortable. And I've had some other friends who've been re like their stories have been reposted and they have that same sense of like feeling like, oh, that's so cool. Like, that's amazing. They just kind of like posted me on their story. Like everyone can see that. That's so exciting. Um, and it's just kind of like that wave back where you're like, thank you. Um, which is sure. But, but it's, but it's not this automatic, they don't have an automatic system mm -hmm. set up to do this to everybody when they, mm -hmm. right. Okay. And then, so this was a personal person. thing that they did. Yeah. Interesting. And that's what's okay. so much more like amazing about it. It's like they had a person go through and like they're making the effort to really connect with their community and their supporters. And we know that, like we know what it's like to like every person's comment. We know what it's like to wait for your best friend to post their photo and comment all the like comments that you post. And so even though it could be like a small, like it's, it's that sense of like, we're gonna support you back and you are a part of our community and you're like as well, like you really are in our, like we're supporting you back was so like touching and was really sweet um, because it's a person who is like working with people there and seeing you and being like, I, you're doing great. Um, yeah. So it's all this, you know, it's, it's being real. Mm -hmm. I think that that's yeah. what we're saying, right? Yeah. It's, it's all about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It's all about being real and connecting as, as a, as, as a person basically mm. like you know, right. authentic, awesome. you know, just showing up and being authentic. Well, okay. And also but being transparent as well is huge. I mean, being honest and open about like some struggles that you faced or some thing that is going on that you're trying to work on, like getting people's opinion on that is really important as well. 
And that's because everyone has faced struggles and everyone has gone through those experiences. And that's another way to be authentic is to show that you're not just putting on this facade of, oh, I'm so cool. I'm so perfect. It's having that sense of like, I want you to like, we're trying to help you. How can we help you? You know, what will best bring you in? Like, how can we support you and your Like, how can we support you once you're in our location? That kind of stuff. Jessica, who's the congressman that you follow? Yeah. Okay. His name is Jeff Jackson. Okay. Look at his Instagram page. His reels are amazing. He's a congressman, I think, North Carolina. And I don't usually follow, like, news politicians. And he popped up on my 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 feed. And I was, like, obsessed. This man is amazing. And also... um. I think what's so amazing, like, I have a lot of friends who follow him as well that aren't even in his district. Like, there's people who follow him that aren't in the U.S. They just think his content is really personal and really amazing. And he's he's very open about what he goes through. He talks about his struggles. And, yeah, he's wearing a suit and tie, but he's doing it because he's a congressman. That's that's how he should be. But he's talking about how, like, he got, just got this really cool news while he was eating a taco at his desk everyone's eating a taco at their desk like that's fun like but you nobody really says that and so like in that position and so that he makes little like moments of personal interaction that is that he he like he has that fine line of personal, personal being and also professionalism and I think another thing that's really fa- fascinating is he doesn't talk about if he's Democrat if he's Republican he just talks about his experiences and also his fears. You know, he'll be like, oh, I was just put into this, you know, group and I'm a little nervous about this, but this is how it's been going so far. When have you had a politician say that? Like, that's automatic. Automatically, I was like, follow. That's so cool. Because it's someone being transparent and someone being like, I'm a little afraid, but like, aren't we all? And we're going to learn together. And here's what I've learned so far. And it's so cool. And like, I'm, I'm going to support that person forever because they're being real. They're being authentic. And it's very moving. And people who aren't even a part of his district, people who aren't even in the country are like, I want to support that person because they're like, they're being authentic and they're not having that facade of like, look who, how cool I am. Look how like smart I am. Because he's talking about things that everyone thinks. And he's making himself transparent and authentic. There he is. So what if you don't have someone like that in your organization? And you, you want to be open, you want to be honest, you want to, be, you want to talk about your experiences and your failures and your fears and your dreams and all of that. But you don't actually, you know, you're not that kind of person. You're like me. You don't, you don't, want, to say, you know, you don't want to say that. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you advise organizations or companies, what, they, what should they do in that situation? Because it doesn't sound like they could hire, you know, an actor to do this. I mean, you can definitely, like, there's very little small things that you can do. Like, if you want to have, like, a post that, like, like, if you're running a campaign or something, or you're starting a new initiative, you're like, hey, Jeanette is working on this really cool, fun thing. This is why we love Jeanette. Like, Jeanette has been really helpful in the office. Like, some little thing of, like, supporting one of the people and even having that little connection of like 
she does this cool thing outside of work or like she brings this into our business that's really fun if you're highlighting your like employees I want to be an employee there I want to be highlighted I want to be supported I want to be like this person is amazing for this reason and that employee is gonna love that you know they're like oh my god I was posting on Instagram because it's so cool and it's like you can even show them like shuffling papers because that's satisfying as well and like they're get and, and you're also telling people about the initiative that you're launching so that's like a three sure. in one okay okay i can see how this would work okay that makes sense yeah so even if it's not like a spokesperson what you really want to do is think about all right if you're planning your social media strategy what is it that you want to ultimately attain mm-hmm. you know do you want people to come to your area do you want people to shop local do you want people to get a job in your you know at a you know, in a certain industry, do you want to attract businesses? And then in that Gen Z, there's like all these like different types of posts. So there's what Jessica was talking about is what I call anything satisfying, where shuffling papers, or like painting a wall, or, you know, um, there's this thing called rug cleaning, where you people watch people take a dirty rug and make it clean again. So there's like little bits of if you're like improving an area, showing how you made something from not so nice to nice and like time elapsed the video, that's, that's anything satisfying. Um, you know, the long form content is where you can tell a story. So you don't necessarily need an actor, you know, you can use like a voiceover artist if you have a long narrative. But then you take different videos and piece them together into a more of a long format story. So that's like another type of content. Um, you can of, also Jeff, just you wanted to say something. Yeah, you can also just write text. You can have like, like just text written and like a little music thing behind it, where nobody's speaking, and it's just like a little short video with text. Because if it's short and it's just a little photo, like a little movement in a photo. People are going to re-watch that like 17 times, even though they're only reading it once. And that'll keep like that'll keep your views up because it's like, oh, someone rewatched it 17 times, even though it's just a short video. And it's just text. Like you don't have you can just write like a your little opinion. snippet. Exactly. No, that's a good point, Jessica. I remember about that. Because I think the out of pocket probably wouldn't um, work very well, but like the um, the Buffalo Bills created this really interesting small short video on TikTok when they won, I think, like one of their last games before they ultimately lost this year. But it was like all this like crazy content, you know, like, ha ha, you know, we won kind of thing. And, you know, it was the Buffalo Bills just creating some like off the wall type of. So you can get like super creative with how you produce it. And there's a lot of different like trends. So, you know, like, um, what, like creating, there's like songs and slides and, you know, memes that you can watch the trends and then create your own like video to a particular trending song. There's all sorts of ways that you can just get creative and be fun with it. Yeah. And that's, what's also amazing about trends is you don't have to put all of the work into creating new material or new content. Because if you look at other content that's around you or that's in your same genre of like field and you look through different people, like you can just copy and paste, not their exact content, but the type of like how they're like putting it together. 
because people recognize like, that's that's a trend like a lot of people are doing that and a lot of people are having the same general like a small video with it like a text of a personal story or like an opinion and you you don't need to like really you don't need to reinvent the wheel you can just copy paste and then add your own authentic story i don't even understand the I don't even understand what about it is appealing. So this is really something wherein you want to go to uh, a, an expert like Cathode Ray to say, hey, can you help me put something like this together? You know, put together a plan or, and do this for me because I don't even understand what I would bring to the table that would be, you know, appealing. Right. Oh, no. And we definitely do that. So what we do with our clients is we help them formulate, you know, what it is that they want to accomplish. And we could come up with a plan, we can help create content, we can do all that sort of stuff. Um, and it really you know, boils down to figuring out um, your, your goal of, you know, like what, what specifically do you want to do? Um, why do you want to reach Gen Z? And we create a SMART goal. It's, you know, just something that's specific, achievable, measurable, timely, and realistic. You know, it's, um, you know, we just outline, you know, all the different, you know, formulas and we figure out like, how do you connect, you know, how do you do that connection? Um, so for instance, at NIATEP, we, we were, we met a useful impact, which is an organization out of Connecticut. And, you know, we've been helping them out a bit with their LinkedIn profile and how they should connect on LinkedIn to young people as well as organizations. And we also created a reel to advertise like they have a, a micro um, a micro certification that they were looking to get information out. So we basically created a very small reel that helped explain like what their program is and why a Gen Zer would want to take this certification course, which was really fun to work on because we learned, you know, a lot about useful impact. And, you know, so we're able to kind of help them connect to their audience. Interesting. Well, Kathleen and Jessica, this has been, this has been phenomenal. This has really been eye-opening. I knew that I didn't understand Gen Z marketing, but I didn't realize how little I did or how much I didn't understand it. It is I, I, you know, it's, I, I can see that this is the case and looking at my, like I said, looking at my own children, I can see that this is, you know, more how they would operate. But I, I really do think that this is an opportunity. Um, and I mean, not to just keep plugging cathode ray, but I mean, this is a thing. It just felt like to me, at least social media was a thing that you could have somebody within your organization do and, Everybody understood it and it was, you know, relatively simple, but this has just so many more layers. And even if those layers are really just peeling back, you know, the layers that are there and being more honest and being more open and, and all of that. But wow, this is a, this is a real skill. This is a real talent. And, and a, this is not just how we've been doing things for the last 20 years. Well, what's really neat though, is we can, like what I really enjoy is working with the people in an organization to figure out how they can also participate. So it's not just dictating, oh, you should do this, that, and the other thing. Like it's right. a collaboration and a brainstorm. And like, what gems do you have? Like what wonderful stories do you have at your you know, company or organization or, you know, or in a program 
that you can then bring to life. Because it's really micro stories and then figuring out the best way to convey that. A lot of times it's super hard to see your own stories because you're in it. So you don't realize how amazing you are. You know, like that's really true. So when someone else takes a minute to realize how amazing your organization is or how, you know, the work that you're doing or how amazing you are, that's what gets brought to light in a social media strategy. Absolutely. Jessica, do you have any final thoughts? You have really just outdone yourself in explaining all of this. Uh, I'm sure that many of our listeners probably understand this in a way that, that I don't, but I, I learned so much from you and I really appreciate having you on today. I'm really glad that Kathleen said we had to bring you on. So it wasn't just Gen Xers talking about Gen Zers. <laughs> this, this is, like I said, this has been phenomenal. Do you have anything that you want to leave us with? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's definitely an honor. Um, I mean, I think just coming out with like coming into it with like open honesty and confidence and just seeing how it works you know you can play around with it and test out you there's not people understand like there's we've all gone through like the starting of a new page like we're a very like we're kind sometimes um, and we can understand and even if you want to like talk to your kid and be like hey can you just check and see if this is interesting comment content or like if one of your employees or one of your um colleagues has a child who's in gen z or is a gen Zer. You know, just being like, hey, what are your thoughts? Or even asking in the comments, like, or having a little moment of like, how does this work? Like, are we do are we helping you? Is this relatable? That's amazing, you know? We like helping each other out. We're very supportive and so is the business community. Yeah, and just that's a really good point, Jessica, because I learned so much from asking all generations you know, to look at something because each generation looks at it a hundred percent differently. And years ago we had this ad campaign for, um, opioid, um, to anti-stigma for opioid abuse. And I remember Justin and Eddie used to see the ad all the time on Snapchat and they were like, mom, you really have to change this, 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 and this, right? because we had gotten some messaging like kind of top down and kind of forced on us. So I kind of went then back to the client and I was like, I know that you want to say it this way. However, what I'm hearing from, you know, a number of different people in this, you know, in this particular age group is that they don't understand what we're trying to say. So they think that we should say it this way. And the advertising really changed a lot, you know, by being able like, getting their feedback and then changing the messaging and then resubmitting that, you know, that message out in new ads then made a huge difference for that particular campaign. So getting the feedback of different generations, even younger generations where you might think, oh, well, you know, they're not really that interested. You'd be surprised. They have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of they don't even have to be in advertising, I guess is really what I'm saying. It's like, because everyone is advertised to all the time. All the time. All the time. So, you know, in a way, everyone's an expert in advertising because you constantly see it. So. Right. Interesting. Well, hey, um, I thank you so much for for doing this today. Um, I'm going to have to have you both back and we're going to have to 
do this some more because oh, this has just you, been Dean. phenomenal. I've learned, I've learned more now. I mean, I've, you know, I thought I understood this, but no, I don't. It's, now I'm getting old. I, I feel totally old now. No, you're not old because you're the same age as I am. But, you know, it's just a matter of like talking to people, <laughs> figuring it out. But Dean, we really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. And, you know, there is a lot of layers to this conversation. So, you know, if anyone does want to just chat with me about what they're doing, they can just, you know, send me an email because I'm Jen X. <laughs> I prefer email. Um, and then we could set up a call. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.